All right. Before we get into the episode, let's get some housekeeping out the way. I am Sierra Narita, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Cake and Conversations. Anything that you hear on this podcast is for entertainment purposes. I am not a trained professional. I draw from my own experience. So if you are someone who needs to seek additional help or professional help, please do so. Now that that is out of the way, let's get into the episode. I'm writing a vision and making it play. Don't think it's a game and some of it just might be hard to obtain uh-huh. I know it, I know it, but I don't care cause I know deep in my brain uh-huh. I'm just there for greatness and I would not get it if I keep on playing uh-huh. So let me go get it Hello good people and welcome to another episode of Cake and Conversations I am Sierra Narita and I am so glad that you decided to hang out with me today You may have noticed last week that I did not do a Cake and Conversations episode. Honestly, I spent time with my daughter, my 15 year old. And so I took advantage of that time. And um, for that reason, I did not record and therefore did not have anything to release. But I am here today again, ready, willing, and able to drop another episode for and with you guys. Okay, so in honor of yesterday, this this recording is on May 11th you all will receive it on the 12th but yesterday was may 10th it was mother's day so in honor of mother's day i want to talk about what made each and every one of us i want to talk about a topic that i feel like is always or not always a lot of the times really hush hush in the church let's talk about sex Yes, I want to talk about sex today. As I've mentioned many times, relationships are uh, one of my my top topics that I like to discuss. Um, And within relationships, many times there is the idea or the thought process or the conversation or the act of sex. So as you all know i just mentioned my 15 year old i also have an 18 year old i have children i have children that were birthed from my body which means i had sex so no i'm not a virgin um so now that that is out the way let's talk about the thing that got me there sex (laughs) am i making some of y'all uncomfortable yet i hope so because this is a conversation that we need to start getting comfortable with having So many people in the world, so many people in the church are having sex, having sex with each other. Um, And this needs to be talked about. I don't particularly like that so many churches don't talk about it. And it's unfortunate because we're missing a huge part of a conversation that should be had with young and old people because, you know, there are some more seasoned saints that don't get it right. Um, or fall or misstep or stumble or whatever, make bad decisions. We are human. This is what uh, we are going to do. And so now hopefully I want to have, I want to start the conversation to kind of combat and maybe have a couple people thinking differently about the approach to sex and what I believe the path was that God intended for us to take. One thing I do want to say before really getting into this, I recognize and I understand that many times it was not a choice for someone to hold on to their virginity. 
I do recognize that and I want to be sensitive to that. So um, in this conversation, I'm not talking about those instances. I'm not talking about the instances, although those are many, um, I believe statistically one in four girls and one in five boys, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, please fact check that, um, have unfortunately dealt with some type of sexual abuse as a child or before the age of 18, I believe it is. So I do want to be sensitive to that because I do know that that is a huge conversation. Again, um, there are people out here who don't understand that if that is something that you have dealt with, that can be manifested as you get older and it can become um, a weight for you to consistently have to deal with in your life. Even if you are walking with Christ, um, those things can lead to confusion. Those things can lead to promiscuity. Those things can lead to fear of having sex in general. So I do want to be sensitive to that. And if you are experiencing any of those things, I encourage you, I implore you to please reach out to a therapist. There are people who are um, equipped to handle your situation. You are not alone. You are not the only one. It is not your fault. So I do want to say that before really getting into the conversation that um, I wanted to talk about today. All right. So um, as I stated, I've had sex. <laughs> and um, one thing that as someone in their mid thirties that I, um, wish I had known then that I know now is how important it is to really care for my my body in that way. Meaning there were choices that I made that were not in line with what God would have liked for me to make at a time in my life when I was searching for something that I felt like was missing, which led to um, relationships that were not the best, but they temporarily could fill a void that I was missing, which I could have found in Christ had I known that was the path to take. Um, I've mentioned before that I grew up in the church so I do have a foundation of um, growing up in the church and I'm not naming denominations because that's not what we're here for. I don't like the fight of the denominations that many people tend to have or the stereotypes of the denominations. I will say that I have been to non-denominational churches. I've been to Baptist churches. I've been to Pentecostal churches. I've been to um, just all kinds of churches, all type of denominations. And the thing is, I don't care. I don't subscribe necessarily to a specific denomination. I subscribe to what the Bible says. So if it's in the word, we rocking with you. I don't care what the denomination or the umbrella of denominations that you choose to um, subscribe to as a church. Hopefully that's not offensive to people, but that's just me. I would rather hold on to the fact that I am doing God's will according to God's word than to fight over what denomination it is based off things that may not necessarily matter um, when it comes to doing the work of Christ. Again, getting that out of the way. Um, like I was saying, I mentioned many times that I grew up in the church. So I have a foundation of um, 
of learning what God wanted. However, back then, again, I'm in my mid thirties. So this was, you know, early nineties, even later eighties, not a lot of people were talking about the things that needed to be talked about. One of those things, a big thing was sex. Like the church just was not having this conversation. It wasn't being had in the team ministries. It was not being had in the um, congregation with the, with the majority of the church people. It just was not a conversation that was being had. So you kind of were left to figure it out on your own. So you're left to have the conversations with your friends. You're left to hopefully parents who may have had the conversation with you. I was not necessarily one of those people who had a conversation with their parents. I was kind of figuring it out on my own, but I'm thankful that now I have the knowledge and I'm hoping that I would be able to appropriately share that with you guys today. I had a conversation with my daughters. I talk to my daughters all the time. We talk about everything and sex is one of those conversations that we do talk about. Um, I want them to be free to have conversations with me and understand that I may not necessarily agree with every decision that they make, but I am open to having the conversations because I would rather them come to me and have an uncomfortable conversation than to find the information on their own or make a decision that is um, not something that they would in 10 or 20 years be happy about making. I was having a conversation with one of my daughters, um, which one does not matter. <laughs> I was having a conversation with one of my daughters and we talked about sex before marriage. And I will, I will admit the first time we had this conversation, I did not handle it well because I mean, I mean, Hey, it's a difficult conversation to have. However, that does not mean that it did not go well the other times that we've had it. So I had this conversation with her and we talked about uh, sex before marriage and what does that look like and why is it that God wants us to wait to have sex before marriage. One reason that I truly believe God would like for us to wait is because God created sex. And just like many things, Satan, the world has um, perversed them. So when God created sex, he, he created it for the confines of marriage so that people can procreate. So to produce life, to create closeness within um, the confines of a marriage up between a husband and a wife and also for pleasure again between a husband and wife sex is something that um, brings you closer it is an extremely intimate expression of your love it's one of the very few things that you share between a husband and a wife that you should not be sharing with anybody else so sex is a way to um, bring your relationship closer. It is a way to get to know each other more intimately. It is created by God, so it's a way to glorify him. But I believe that one of the main reasons that God wants us to wait to have sex within the confines of marriage is so that we can do those things together, learn each other together, so that there is not one person who may have experienced far greater than the other. And now there's the issue of not being sexually compatible. I think that if we really thought about it, if we, if, if more people went into marriages without 
having previously engaged in sexual activity, then so many more of us wouldn't have the issue of sexual compatibility because you're learning each other at the same time. So we're going into this not knowing what each other likes. And let me just be frank. Satan will have you believe that being compatible sexually is something that should automatically happen. That is not necessarily the case. Even if you are someone who has made the decision to engage in sexual activity with someone, the first time you have sex with someone, you don't know that person. Like you don't know them sexually. So you have to learn that person. You have to figure out what each other likes. So don't fall into the trap of, oh, I have to try it out before I decide to marry somebody because what if we're not sexually compatible? Well, you're not going to be sexually compatible with really anybody the first time. So you both have to be willing to have conversations leading up to that point, especially if you are two people who are looking to be married. You should be having these conversations. You should be having conversations about um, many things, finances, sex, like political views, things that you are, that people don't typically have conversations about because you're in like the honeymoon phase and your head's in a cloud and you're not really thinking about these things. Those are conversations that you need to have, especially if you have already had sex because you may have an idea of what you like and that can create a strain on your relationship and that can create um, strife within your relationship. And I'm, I'm, I will say that this life or this message is not going to, to resonate or sit well with everybody. I realize that. I realize that not everybody is going to hear this and allow it to really rest in them or penetrate their hearts because there are so many people who have it in their mind that, nah, I'm not doing that. It doesn't matter if they are Christian or not. They have it in their mind that, nah, that's just not something that I can do which more power to them. You know, the Bible talks about what I interpret as this life ain't for everybody. There was a story in the Bible in Matthew chapter 19, where um, the rich man was talking to Jesus and he was telling him, you know, I follow all of these rules and these laws and these regulations that say that I should be, you know, inheriting the kingdom of God. How do I make it in or how do I get in? And, and Jesus told him, sell all your riches and follow me. And the rich man walked away with his head hung. So to me, that says that we will hold things so dear to us that we will miss the kingdom because of these things. Like I would never want something like a sexual encounter to prevent me from going from glory to glory, which will prevent me from having the things that God has for me just because I'm not willing to give a, give up something that is so minuscule in the grand scheme of things. You know, when I think about a marriage, you know, sex is like the cherry on top. It's the icing on the cake. It's, I'm not trying to minimize it because it absolutely is something that brings us closer. It absolutely, it absolutely is something that will allow us to grow intimately with each other. So I don't want to, I don't want to minimize it in that way. But I do want to say that by saying that um, sex is a small part, I mean, you have to be able to communicate with this person, you have to be able to like this person to do things together, enjoy each other's company. You can't build a foundation of a true 
godly relationship on the idea of good sex. It just does not or will not work. We get in these situations and then you realize, I don't know nothing about this person or I don't really even like this person or can this person even read? (laughs) I mean, but for real, like these are things, these are conversations that people are not having because they're so, they get so caught up in the infatuation of someone and allow the world to dictate how their relationship should go. So automatically we're jumping in the bed instead of having the conversations that need to be had to determine if we are actually compatible, if we're actually compatible in that way. And and being Christian does not automatically mean that we are compatible. It does not because you can be two Christian people and have some very different ideas of the world and that can create division and obviously as a in a marriage you can't have that type of division so again you need to have these conversations because they're important but you know god god values us god values our body god says in first corinthians chapter 6 that um to run from sexual sin to run from this this immorality and he also says that This is the sin against the body. And, you know, I thought about that and I'm like, okay, sin against the body. Initially, I was thinking my physical body, obviously, because you need your body to have sex. So that was my first thought. But then I also have to think like my body is a temple, like the Holy Spirit resides in me when I made the decision to become Um, a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit took shelter in my body. Like he is within me. It's what guides me. It gives, you know, he gives me the, the direction that I need. He brings those scriptures that I take in back to my remembrance. Like the Holy Spirit is within me. So I think about it like that. Like I am defiling the temple that God has allowed his spirit to reside in. You know, I don't think enough people think about it like that. It's it's kind of almost like out of sight, out of mind. So we don't really think about the fact that God is in the room. God is here with us while we are making these decisions to not make good decisions. He's here. Mind completely blown. Like I, I think that if we truly thought about or if we really understood what it means for God to be in all places at all time, that means that when we're sending those text messages, when we are um, sending those emails, when we are sending pictures and screenshots and sexting and um, in-person contact, like when we're doing these things, God is, is around. Like he's here. He is seeing it. He is in it and he is like not okay with it so (laughs) he's not okay with it so i think that we have to really think about that um you know god values marriage god god values marriage think about it the first the first thing that happened in the bible was you know after god created the world he brought Adam and Eve together. That was a joining of two people. That was a marriage. There's so many stories in the Bible about us, the people being the bride of Christ. God values marriage. That's why there's so much emphasis on not being married when 
you shouldn't be married and making sure that you are doing your due diligence before you get married. That's why God hates divorce. He says it so many times. And biblically, biblically speaking, the only reason for a divorce is fornication, meaning that your spouse cheated on you. I'm not saying that, that a marriage cannot survive fornication. I'm not saying that at all because I do believe that God is a restorer and he can restore anything, even that situation. But adultery is the one thing that Jesus permitted, if you will, divorce to occur in a marriage. Other than that, there is no, there is no divorce in God. The Bible, you know, the word says what, what God put together, let no man separate. No man, meaning the people that's in this relationship too. Y'all ain't separating it. So once you decide to, to create a union with someone before God, then you need to really make sure that this is what you're choosing to do because God does not take light to that union being separated at all. But yeah, there are definitely some parallels between a husband and a wife and the church and God because we know that God values um values marriage in this way because we know that God truly puts a lot of value in marriage the one thing that he made to occur between a husband and a wife not to be shared with anybody else don't you think that he will value that just as much like he created sex to be a beautiful union between two people and just like anything that God created, Satan tries to perverse it. Satan has taken this world and swirled it around and now it's on its head. So instead of people, Christians as well, being like, no, I'm not interested in having sex before marriage. Now the thing is we have to t try it before we buy it. Or I'm not going to be in a relationship with somebody be without having sex because I just don't know. Like, do we not trust God enough to know that when he brings us together with another person, that that is something that he can fix as well? How can we say that God heals all things and yet we think that he won't heal the quote unquote incompatibility of me and my husband sexually? You know, you can't say you can't trust him for all things and then say, well, not this thing. I think a lot of times we have it in our mind that sex is a dirty thing so we don't want to put that thing in God's hands like we will turn over all of the pretty things we'll turn over our children our finances we'll even turn over our relationships but when it comes to sex that's that's the thing it's like God created this God created this thing so it can be beautiful for us so why is this the thing that we feel like we can't go to him about? Why is this the thing that as a single person, I shouldn't be able to say, Lord, I am struggling and I need your help in this area. Give me a word, you know, send me one of my sisters in Christ to talk to. Like that is what he's here for. He wants us to lean into him and lean on him for all of our tough times. And that's just not the pretty tough times. The Lord, you know, I need help with praying more. Like that's just, that's not the only thing he wants. To, he wants us to lean on him when we having those gutter tough times, like the rough ones, the ones where we only talk about to ourselves in the dark at night in our rooms when we crying. That's what he wants. He wants us to be vulnerable with him in those areas. 
Don't allow the world, don't allow Satan to think that you are the only one. You're not the only person that is struggling with sex or not having sex or trying to avoid sex. Like you're not the only one. Satan thrives in the darkness. You know, the Bible talks about light and dark all the time. And in that analogy, we know Satan is darkness and and God is light. So as soon as the light walks in, darkness flees. Allow God to walk into this space with you. Allow God to be in the space of your sexual struggles. He can renew anything. That's the thing. That's the that's the thing that, that I want us to wrap our minds around. You know, God created sex so that we can have it in a marriage to bring us closer to each other and to him. So why are we allowing the world to tell us what that should look like? We know that Christ created it. So don't allow Satan to control it. You know, we are we are in control of our bodies. We are definitely in control of the things that we choose to do with our bodies. Don't allow the world to dictate what that looks like for you going into a relationship. You don't have to test things out. You don't have to push the boundaries. You don't have to think about how close can I get without actually sinning. That is playing with fire. Don't play with fire because when you play with fire, you will get burned. You don't want to put yourself in a position to where you are testing the limits or testing boundaries because eventually someone is going to cross it. And once you cross those boundaries, it is real hard to pull it back. It's real hard to stop crossing those boundaries. Allow God to heal you in those places. Allow God to work with you through those situations. The Bible does tell us, you know, Paul does say that it's better to marry than to burn. And that's not necessarily always burning hell. That's also burning with lust. You know, the, the Bible is very clear that God knows that we're going to struggle. This is the area that we're going to struggle in. He knows it. Why? Because he created sex and he knows that sex is good. So because of that, he knows that it's going to be an area that we struggle. What's the solution? Get married. Not saying go out there and marry just anybody. Again, go back a few minutes and see and hear me say that, You need to make sure that you're doing your due diligence. But I will say that if you are actually about your father's business, if you are doing the things that God has for you to do on this, on this earth, you shouldn't even be thinking about sexual partners. Shoot. Sometimes you don't even have time to think about relationships because you are truly doing your father's business. Relationship is going to happen. I I love the book of Corinthians. I would encourage everyone to read the letters that Paul wrote in the Bible. Um, those books, for those who may not know, those are the book of Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, just to name a few. They're all clumped together in the same area of the Bible. But these letters are written by Paul to the churches. So if you read these books, you can see that these churches were struggling with the same things that we are struggling with. So God is aware there's nothing new under the sun. The book of Corinthians is an awesome book to read in the Bible to help you get an understanding of the struggles that the church was dealing with at that time, which is very similar to what we're dealing with now. 
I would really encourage everyone to read it because I think that a lot of times we forget that we are not alone in this walk and that thinking that, you know, maybe God has forgotten about us in this thing. And I would implore you to read these books, specifically, again, Corinthians, because I feel like the book of Corinthians really speaks to churches today and the struggles of people within the church today. And not only do I feel like the book of Corinthians speaks to the current struggles of people in the church today, but um, you'll see that not everybody is going to be in a position to where they want to get married or they have a desire to get married. If that's you, don't allow people in or out of church to make you feel less than because that's not a desire in your heart. Even if it's temporarily not a desire, maybe you'll desire it later on in life. But Paul was never married and he said, it's better to be like me. It's better to be like Paul and never have been married because then your primary focus is God. When you get married, your primary focus is your husband or wife. So I feel like I got a little bit off, (laughs) but I think it's all related. And I feel like hopefully I was able to relay the message that I was trying to, to get across You know, the idea that sex is beautiful, sex is created by God, but just like many things that God created, he created it for a specific purpose. And that purpose was to be um, enjoyed within the confines of marriage. And not only is it to be enjoyed within the confines of marriage, we don't have to dip our toes in the water before getting to that point. God created sex for us to be able to explore together and don't allow the world to to put in your head that this is something that's not that big of a deal or it doesn't really matter or anything else negative about wanting to wait or wanting to please God in your waiting. Don't allow the world to make you feel bad or less than or childish or whatever other negative stereotype can come out with someone who is either chosen to remain a virgin or chosen to um or someone who has chosen to abstain from sex until marriage if they like me have been in a situation where they have had sex before again i started this by saying that i recognize that not everybody was able to make that decision on their own to keep their virginity And I want to be sensitive to that. I do understand that. And if you are someone who is in that situation, all is not lost. Again, God restores. You may not be able to say that you were able to make the decision to lose your virginity, but you are able to take that power back and say, I am able to choose who I decide to give my body to at this point. And Unfortunately, we live in a fallen world and we live in a world where there are people out here that are just, they have evil spirits in them. And because of that, there is a lot of sexual sin, sin against people, men and women. And I, again, I want to be sensitive to those things. And if you are someone who has experienced that as a, as a youth or as an adult, If you are someone who has recently experienced it or has experienced it 20, 30 or 40 years ago, and you may think that it's affecting you in some way, definitely seek the help that you need to get through that. Because like I said in the beginning, that's what therapists are for. They're here 
to help guide you through whatever issues you may be experiencing. Definitely pray about your situation because God is here. God hears you and he can comfort you in these times. There is nothing wrong with praying and seeking therapy. I do want to say that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I feel like this was a bit of a heavier topic than what um, I have put out there before. Um, But I do feel like this is a conversation that needs to happen. I do feel like sex is so taboo in the church and we need to be comfortable with saying the word sex. Sex is not a dirty word. Sex is not a bad word. We need to be comfortable with saying it. We need to be comfortable with having the conversations. We definitely need to be comfortable with having the conversations with our young people, with our children, because they need to know what their body parts are. They need to know what sex is and they need to know what sex is for who better to have those conversations than the people that love them the people who care about them the people who want what's best for them all right so um again thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of cake and conversations i am sierra narita i will talk to you soon